My last guest this week, certainly not least, is Kelly Yee, head of research at Coindesk Indices, which we'll talk about what they do, but Kelly herself is an ETF industry veteran. She previously led the ETF research and product development efforts at Index IQ. Prior to that, she was with New York Life Investments. Uh, before that, she was a senior fixed income strategist at Goldman Sachs, among other uh, pretty interesting roles. And she's now on the line with me from New York. Kelly, great to reconnect. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Nate. Great to be here. All right. So look, the timing is certainly interesting for us, given everything going on in the crypto markets right now. And uh, I I do want to get into that. But I'd actually love to start by just talking a little bit about your background. And it's interesting to me because there have been several others in the ETF space who I would say have caught the crypto bug and moved from traditional finance to DeFi. So I'm curious, what was your journey here? How did you end up going from ETFs to crypto? Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, there are a couple of veterans that joined the crypto industry. And for me, crypto is almost like ETF industry 20 years ago. So there's not only tremendous growth opportunity, but also the need to really bring science and transparency to investing in this asset class. So when I was in Index IQ, we were known for democratizing alternative investments, right? And as you know, Nate, (laughs) it's very hard to find liquid instruments that deliver uncorrelated returns in the bull market leading to the COVID lockdown. So that's when I started looking at crypto and really thinking about designing strategies using Bitcoin. So one thing led to another. I got this opportunity to lead research at Coindesk Indices, and I'm really doing exactly what I did at Index IQ, but in a new exciting asset class. Okay, so as I alluded to, given everything going on in the crypto markets right now, I think we have to start there this week, and then we'll get into what Coindesk Indices is up to. But um, let let me just open this up to you. I mean, what do you make of everything we're, we're seeing right now? We had this Luna and Terra disaster last week. Bitcoin has been more than cut in half from its highs. Pretty much everywhere you look, uh, it's not pretty. So how are you viewing all this right now? Yeah, (laughs) sure. It's it's definitely not pretty. Uh, But crypto, when you think about it, it's still a nascent asset class. And investors need to be prepared for the volatility. So Bitcoin, as you mentioned, just cut by half, right? It has experienced multiple episodes of drawdowns of more than 50% in the past five years. So the recent Luna crisis, is, what's surprising is really the velocity of the sell-off. So Luna, the native token uh, for the Terra blockchain that's backing the UST stablecoin, experienced a drop of 99% last week so quickly. It's almost like the entire 2007-2008 financial crisis happening in three days. So I think the crash is really a true test to the DeFi market. So we'll see, you know, the jury is out there who is swimming naked as the tide turns. It's a painful process for many of us to watch, but it's also a necessary path for crypto to become a mature asset class. So go ahead. Well, let let me ask you this, because as I look out uh, at the discussion that a lot of investors are having right now, especially on the traditional finance side, I feel like there's a lot of debate over whether crypto as a whole is simply a risk asset that was fueled by easy money, right? The Fed mm-hmm. and fiscal stimulus. And the, the debate is whether this can be a, a longer-term hedge and an uncorrelated asset, or again, if this is just a pure risk asset 
And at the moment, I, I think it does look more like a risk asset. To your point, it's still early in the space, so I'm not drawing any long-term conclusions. But do you have any thoughts on, on that debate in particular? Yeah, it's a great question, Nate, and it's a question we get we got asked a lot. So I'll actually first take a step back and ask, which crypto are you referring to? Because, you know, there are roughly 5,000 to 6,000 tokens listed on some of the popular crypto websites. They actually all have very different use cases and technologies behind that. So when you say, like, is crypto a risky asset or a hatch, uh, it, it really depends, right? So at Coinbase Indices, we developed this uh, cl- digital asset classification standard, which is just like how equities, uh, how the sectors and industries concept work in equities. So, for example, right, Bitcoin is a currency that's serving as medium exchange for unbarred global transactions, where Ethereum is more like a smart contract platform that serves as a foundation to build the digital economy. So although there's, you know, positive correlation between the performances of Bitcoin and Ether, there are also plenty of times where they deviate. In terms so of, one, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's one thing I want to emphasize. But even when you focus on Bitcoin for a second, right, the correlation between Bitcoin and risky asset classes, for example, equities, has evolved over time. It started low, but become higher, right, as investors are more attracted to the return, to, to it because of the high return potential. So I do think, like, in the near term, the behavior of the market is largely driven by macro narratives and investors' flows. But as the ma- asset class mature, it will definitely be driven more by the intrinsic value and drivers. I'm really glad you brought up the uh, digital asset classification standard that uh, was developed by Coindesk Indices. And I do want to talk a little bit more about specifically what Coindesk Indices is doing. But this is perfect in the context of our discussion because I was visiting earlier with uh, ETF Trends' Dave Nottig and made the point to him that there are a lot of people in traditional finance who, uh, again, are saying, hey, look at what happened with Luna. You know, it's all a Ponzi scheme, right? There's there's no Mm -hmm. inherent value here. And I'm curious, as you go through and evaluate the hundreds of digital assets that are out there, what what are some uh, markers you're looking at? What are some things that you look at to try to discern, uh, you know, whether or not a a crypto may have staying power longer term is something that is supported and is robust versus something that may be fly by night? Yeah, I I think really the the classification standard serves as the first step, right? When you think about different type of digital asset, the first step is really thinking through their use case, right? Which is really what's driving the, the what's driving the network and adoption, right? So um, that's the first step. And second is really the technology behind that, right? Is it a layer one blockchain that's serving as the infrastructure or is it the decentralized applications developed on that? So having the first step of classify uh, the tokens into different categories will allow investors to do more homework in terms of understanding for each sector and industry, what are the fundamental drivers, right? So if you see how the gigs or the equity sector drives investment for equities, people will start to build relative value models, right? Understanding different value drivers for different type of digital assets. And then really build uh, portfolios driven by sort of the, the, the performance of different sectors, the benchmarks, and be able to understand their uh, investment better. In terms of Coindesk indices, I think many of our listeners are familiar with Coindesk, the uh, the publication, right? Obviously, one of the mm-hmm. top crypto news outlets. What's the background on the indexing business? 
Yeah, so so Coindesk started in 2013 and, and really became the go-to news source for crypto, like like Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, and the TradFi space, right? So, but there's also long traditions for news organizations serving as guardians and curators of financial indices. So, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the Financial Times, FTSE 100, and NK225, right? So having access to reliable and accurate and high-quality data will really enable media to tell better stories. And it's especially true for crypto because, you know, as a new asset class, it's also influenced by narratives, right? But narratives has to be backed by data. And, and also there is no secret. And maybe it's like people, the difference between crypto and equities is like there are a lot of like crypto prices, volume data that are gener- that are inconsistent among different sources and could be easily manipulated by vested interests. And this is really important for a media, for trusted media company to have access to high-quality unbiased data. And so is it primarily media who is using these indices, or are there institutional investors now uh, utilizing these these indices? Who, who's the audience? Oh, so Coindesk Indices as a standalone business, we run a business model similar to index providers, right? So currently our indices are used and accessed by a lot of uh, investors in the ecosystems. For example, we have clients use our indices to back their index fund products. We have clients um, who, who use this indices for benchmark purposes, and we have clients who are really looking at it from sort of benchmarking and also building derivatives on top of the indices. I know we were talking earlier about the uh, digital asset classification standard. I'm I'm just curious from your perspective as someone who has now been on both sides on on TradFi and, and DeFi. Mm-hmm. What what are some similarities and differences between uh, indexing crypto and then indexing traditional assets like like say stocks? Yeah. So what what really excites me and drives me to the space is really the similarities in terms of building businesses on this new asset class, right? So when you think about the ETF evolution, right, starting from beta, basically what is really the market like, right? And to sort of more, I would say, customized beta to smart beta. And I see with the adoption of, of beta and the adoption of this classification standard, I, I definitely see a trajectory there. So that's the similarity. And the difference, uh, which I would appreciate more since I, I joined this asset class, is really the, really the difficulty of getting high-quality data. So as I mentioned, it's, it's still uh, crypto trade on various exchanges and the prices on exchanges could be very different from each other. So getting just reliable data source to say what Bitcoin is worth at any given point in time is no easy task. And it requires a lot of engineering work in terms of getting the data from exchanges, cleaning them, and really aggregate it in, in a way that remove the outliers and reflect the best quality. And the second is there are a lot of crypto-specific events. When, when you're seeing equities, right, there are corporate events, but in crypto, the so-called corporate events could be very different uh, than the equities world. And I'm talking about the hard blocks, the soft blocks, and also the air jobs. So there are some new things for me to learn. I, I think that's very exciting. And throughout the process, I, I do see definitely more transparency and science that could be introduced to the asset class with the maturity of, of data, liquidity, and also index offerings. You mentioned there being a lot to learn. How did you get up to speed on the crypto space? I mean, I, I've got to tell you, I've spent years uh, trying to read white papers and books, and I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface. I mean, it can be complex. There's a lot to it. I, I'm just curious, what does your educational process look like on the crypto side? 
Yeah, I, I think part of this learning by doing, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because I, I think uh, just just to tell you the the whole process when we classify digital asset, we really go deep into each protocol's website, white paper, and really try to understand not only just what they say they do, but what they are actually doing. So that turns out to be very helpful. And I have a team of crypto analysts who really had the background in the space that I can learn from. The second part is really follow thought leaders in the space, right? I mean, Nate, you play such a critical role in educating for ETFs, and there are a couple of thought leaders in the crypto space. And news website like Coindesk, really, you can get unbiased information and really know what's going on in this market. Kelly, just a couple of minutes left here. In terms of the crypto investment space moving forward, especially as I think about this uh, bridge from traditional finance to crypto assets, which I've got to tell you, that's how I view ETFs. I, I uh, I view them as a bridge. It's a way to get people who are already comfortable with traditional finance down this path towards crypto assets. That's why I've been a proponent of a Bitcoin ETF. It's not because I think somebody should put a spot Bitcoin ETF in their portfolio, hoping it's going to go up, you, you know, a thousand percent. You know, hopefully they get a positive return. But I like the idea of it serving as this bridge between TradFi and DeFi. The question I have for you is sort of with that in mind, what what are some trends you're watching for in this space? Like, like obviously we have this major regulatory backdrop. I think that's the centerpiece here to all of this. That has to get figured out. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully that will sooner rather than later. But what else are you watching for in terms of the evolution of crypto investing? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing is definitely more transparency through data and indexing. And you will see more data products and index products coming to the market really serve as price discovery mechanism to allow investors to have a good understanding of what is driving the market and what does the performance look like for different sectors. And the second is, I would say, more science introduced to crypto investing powered by data, right? Starting with the adoption of the classification standard, starting with products that are really backed by uh, indices that are, that are providing benchmark and access. And then with all that, right, there's evolution of investment models. So basically, as a manager, like Nate, as you ask the question, on how, how do people evaluate different tokens, right? With the data and models and standards in the, in the space, there will be more mature models being developed and more mature investment strategies being developed. And, and lastly, it's regulatory clarity, right? Um, with that clarity, that will foster more responsive innovation and more institutional adoption. Well, Kelly, really enjoyed hearing your perspective this week. I'm so glad we could finally have you on the podcast. It had been way overdue. Thank you for joining me this week. Thank you, Nate. I really enjoyed our discussion. That was Kelly Yee, head of research at Coindesk Indices.